You open up your bag of specialty coffee. You weigh, grind, and the aroma blows your mind. Your brew goes perfectly, but uh uh-oh. What went wrong? Your water, that's what. Third Wave Water helps give that cafe-quality experience at home, unlocking all the bright flavors your coffee has to offer. Just add one stick of minerals to a gallon of distilled water to upgrade your coffee experience. Visit thirdwavewater.com and use coupon code COFFEEPODCAST for 10% off your first order. You're listening to The Coffee Podcast. I'm Jesse Hartman. In part one of our interview with Marianella, we got to hear her story, what it was like to purchase a coffee farm and dig her heels into the business of growing coffee in Costa Rica specifically. We heard a story about her experiences with a co-op gone sideways. But in this episode, we get to hear more about coffee pickers. How important is picking coffee for specialty coffee? Coffee pickers, I would say, are one of the very, very top and most important players of the value chain. And at the same time, they're probably the most undervalued player of the chain. And again, we're talking specialty coffee. When I speak, it's from the specialty coffee and the small farmer side of things. Mm -hmm. So the pickers are picking every single bean by hand. They have it in their power to make it or break it. Because if you've done everything right the whole year for a beautiful harvest and the picker decides to just start picking the pinton, which is pinton for us is is kind of the the one that's between still yellow and red, you know, and it hasn't matured enough. It's not ripe enough to give you the beautiful notes of, of, you know, the sweet coffee or or it's just, it's going to be like picking unripe bananas for a banana cream pie, you know? So Mm -hmm. they have, the power in their hands and in their eyes to choose. And it's very important, you know, and these people are very undervalued. In Costa Rica, for example, they're from Nicaragua and Panama. That's where they're coming from. And Oh, okay. They travel to pick. Yes, yes. Okay. It, it's, a, it's really temporary work and migrant uh, kind of work. You can see them coming in trickling in in November when you kind of you're traveling around the coffee lands you can see groups of people walking or or with their cajuelas with their baskets and they almost like travel up the mountains as the harvest as the weather changes and the harvest matures you know it matures in the lower lands before you know because hotter climate more sun and mm-hmm. and they kind of travel up the mountains as the beans are ripening up the mountains. Is it kind of kind of a neat thing to see? So as you said, they kind of make or break the pick. They have to pick the right ripeness. And do you what do you have to do? Some training when they when they arrive on the farm, or how, do, yeah. how does all that work? I'm well, so unfamiliar with that. Most pickers that come in have experience, but they have picked in all kinds of farms. So right. when they're picking for someone that is giving that coffee to a co-op, they rip the heck out of all the beans from the bandola, from the branch of the coffee. They just come, imagine having the hand at the very beginning of the bandola and just ripping as many beans as you can, as you Mm -hmm. slide your hand down, taking in with you a whole bunch of leaves, which is really bad, right? And right, yeah. Oh, I didn't even get, think of that. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, it, 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 it's breaking the bandolas, taking a whole lot of leaves. I mean, there are coffee fields that look that they just went through war when the pickers wow. pick like that. I didn't and, think about that. Yeah, and that's, it, it's awful. It's, it's really bad for the coffee, uh, for the coffee plant. And uh, right. 
if the farmer, the owner of the farm is like, yeah, we're just going to pick this whole lot, everybody hurry up, and we just have to give it to the co-op, the pickers are going to pick like that. They don't care. They want to make as many cajuelas as possible because you get paid by the cajuela. Okay. The, and so everything goes, okay? And so when they come to your farm, if they have been picking in that area, well, the first thing that you do always when you're trying to do the most the specialty of your coffee, of, of, of the, the best picking that you can do, we always did training and it has to be extremely visual because you can't just tell them, you just need to pick the red beans. No, I would go and pick four different levels of, of red beans until you get to what we call bull's blood red Okay, oh, wow. because it's so purple. It's the bull's blood, really, is what it looks like. And so I would put it in my hand and go one by one. And I said, do you see the different reds here? Which one is the one that you need to pick? They're very quiet. They're very reserved. And it's like always this one. And then also you turn around the beans. When you take a bean from the plant, the bottom that was attached to the plant is always more yellow and ripe and is deceiving because what's facing the sun has gotten red, but what's still oh. in the shade of the plant is not. So I would always turn them around. We would always show them, see, this is this is not ready yet. And it's almost like they're picking grapes. It's just a, that red, purple grape. So you wow. teach visually, you motivate like constantly, you supervise constantly and, and and the supervision is not well my husband and I are kind of like that we're not going to chew you out we're going to motivate you because I don't think it's any good for, to get chewed out anyway so um <laughs> so it's like this one is great this one is great let's try to get more like this okay not let's just not do this but more like this you're doing great you know and you have to do it all the time Otherwise, they're going to take the easy route. And again, the incentive is you get paid by the basket. That's that's something we have to change in the specialty coffee uh, work. The government of Costa Rica has a set price for Cajuela, which since 2013, I don't think is increased, not even, I don't know, four cents. I mean, that's oh, so bad. Wow. So bad. Yeah. Um, it's less than $2 a Cajuela. A cajuela oh, in your waist, if you have it, because it's around your waist, it's going to weigh between 20 and 25 pounds around your waist, okay, when it's full. Yeah. You're walking in terrain that is a slope that's wet from the morning. If it, Even if it hasn't rained, it's wet from the dew, the morning dew. Mm -hmm. you're, yeah. you're bending over. You're trying to stretch your whole, you're never standing on a straight ground. You're on the slopes and sometimes holding on to the plant so you don't go sliding down. And then when you bend over, you have to squat or you're going to spill your beans. Right. <laughs> there are a lot of things that people, when you do it, you're like, oh my God, this is hard. This is backbreaking, hard work. Yeah. And uh, when you pay people less than $2 to do that, I mean, who is incentivized to do a great job? Who, who right. would yeah. want to really be picking this? So how do you do it? Just you got to motivate and you got to pay double. We've paid more than double. Sometimes oh, wow. when we're starting the harvest and there's just so little coffee that has ripened to that level, they're not going to even make a cajuela for hours. Well, okay. then 
then what we do is pay them by the hour and pay the, so they can make double what they would make if they were just picking. So that's mm. part of the cost of producing that has to be absorbed by the conscious roasters that understand what it really takes to get that beautiful coffee when people yeah. sit at a table and, well, stand by a table and do the, the Q grading and they can define all the wonderful notes. It took all that to get to it because you had to pick the best and the, the perfect timing on that bean for that bean to shine so bright, you know? Yeah, and I, it doesn't sound like something you could easily mechanize. No, yeah, for a specialty coffee, I don't see mechanizing in it as a, anything in the future. You, you know, first of all, your eyes, what's really determining the the rightness? There is a mm -hmm. there is a um, like a spectrometer. Uh, I, I forget what it's called, but you know, you put a bean and squeeze uh, squeeze a little bit of juice and maybe get two drops, and it tells you the sugar level and um, oh, okay. the sweetness level. But first of all, it's something that somebody's going to have just kind of like maybe for if they're doing some experiment or testing, but you're not going to see the pickers going around with that and, and measuring, no. it, you yeah. know, and they take the bean and, and you already took the bean. So if it doesn't give you 28, I think the 20, about 28 mark, uh, 28 points or you, whatever it is, is kind of yeah. sweet uh, in the sweet spot. It's not realistic. Okay. So that's yeah. more for, yeah. and then um, you can't do a robot that is even going to stand <laughs> <laughs> on those slopes and not fall down the slope and just break in a million pieces. Right. And, uh, and wearing some kind of robotic uh, hand just wouldn't make any sense. I mean, you using yeah. your fingers and um, no, uh, the mechanized is in industrialized types farms in, I'm sure in China and in some, in Vietnam and in like in Brazil, I've seen those machines that, just shake the heck out of the tree and everything falls and mm. they pick it, you know, kind of like, but that's conventional coffee for you. And there's no specialty uh, reward there, is there, when you no. just grab them all up? No. And, and also that's the why, damage so, to the trees, which I never thought about. Oh, yeah. I don't know how those, but those trees are big. I've, see, I've seen videos of those machines and I mean, the trees are, are huge, but yeah. but uh, they, they take a, a pounding and... Um, and yeah, I always tell people that specialty coffee is a handmade experience, and re it really is. I mean, there there are maybe forty to sixty. At one one year, I counted the hands that touched uh, from from the seedling, from the seed actually when we started. In every set of hands, I can think of that we went through in the whole process. And I counted 58 pairs of hands and I'm, I'm including the people that delivers the coffee yeah. to the back dock of a coffee shop and the person that roasts in the, in the barista that's serving it being the very last. I mean, that's, I don't know any other product that goes through so many hands. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of hands. Um, that's the difference of a specialty. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's just really all about the people behind it. Farmers Project um, as a group. Now, now we're a, a solid group of five farmers, and we have guest farmers because we always have people that want to be a part of Farmers Project. But we keep the core, and we have guest farmers every year, and so we add some micro lots and, and have different micro lots as a guest. As Farmers Project, we have our just the philosophy of how we do things in our farms. The main one is respect the land, respect the people. And for us, the pickers play that huge role. And we always 
find uh, every year we want to do something for the people at origin that are our right hand. And then without them, we couldn't, we couldn't do anything. It could be our workers. It could be the children of the workers. It could be the pickers. And this year we did protect the pickers campaign because with climate change, we've had rains that have been really bad, relentless. And usually November in Costa Rica is where the weather switches from the rainy winter uh, season to the summer. And today is November 30th, and we are still having way too much rain. And mm. when the pickers arrive, one of the things that's this, you know, really hard reality is they come with a little bag, just a plastic bag over their, over their shoulder. And I don't know. I mean, they barely just bring a change of clothes. Many of them have nothing to, not a pillow, not a blanket, nothing. Sometimes they're walking on sandals or flip-flops. And how are you going to pick coffee like that? Mm, and uh, yeah. so our campaign was Protect the Pickers campaign. We said, we're going to buy everybody raincoats and boots. And within a week, we had collected over uh, $1,500. And nice. in a matter of three weeks, we uh, were able to buy about 178 raincoats, full full body raincoats, um, this, the boots. And then we transitioned now to buying blankets and food because they're coming in with nothing. And, and people, they were willing to work getting wet all day. And it was amazing to see the response of the customers, the response of our roasters, our partners, our direct trade partners, sending money like they're, you know, just, just buy, you know, just helping us, just buy the raincoats, buy the boots here, here, here. And we, within three weeks, we raised over $3,000, almost 3,600 and something. And nice. uh, it's uh, heartwarming and it's, it's been it's just so amazing because the power of, of the connection and the specialty coffee and the power of the customers that really get it. Um, yes, we're not solving the problem. Yes, there is, there's uh, much more need. But, hey, we created a huge amount of positive impact, so many smiles, and at least we can you know go to sleep thinking that somebody's waking up tomorrow to pick up coffee and they don't have to get wet all day long or they mm, have blankets yeah. to sleep in the middle of the night when it gets really cold up in the mountains. And that's that's a good feeling and that's that's an impact worth making. Yeah, I agree. I think we can get too caught up, uh, especially people, podcasts, articles and systems of impact, right? And there's something wrong with the system and the system's broken. But these these even these campaigns of impact like you just mentioned and was so successful. That's really encouraging to hear. And um, yeah, it's, it's inspiring as well. So yeah. I hope that our listeners are inspired. I, I had a couple comments in some of the Instagram pictures that we were posting and, and some of the updates that we were given. I had uh, a couple of, of comments. The one is like, oh, it's small campaigns like that don't make enough of an impact. I said, I, yeah, I agree. It's not enough of an impact, but it does make an impact. And I rather make an impact that criticize the, the size of the impact that anybody else is, you know, that somebody else is trying to make. I mean, if we do nothing, (laughs) you really are doing nothing, you know, so it's better (laughs) to do a little bit than nothing. I think that when, 
when we all talk about specialty coffee, there is a little bit of a dark cloud or a sadness to, oh my God, it's another big problem we have. And the global um, situation has so many dark problems. And I actually think there is a huge hope and upside to coffee, specialty coffee, because it is a growing industry. It's a rich industry. I mean, there are... $200 billion industry. Not very many industries can say that, right? So I think what we need is to take a, a, a different approach, a new have a new mindset about what can we do? Because if we have a rich industry and we have a problem, the problem is fixable. You know, when we mm. look at climate yeah. change, the challenge is a lot bigger. I think, and it may look a little bit darker, but I, I think that if we have companies that are making double digit profits year after year after year, and we have $200 billion traded in coffee because of all kinds of coffee and all kinds of products, I think the solution would be very reachable. But it, it's going to take two sides of the equation to hopefully come to terms of what they can do. And I think first, the consumer nowadays has a huge amount of purchasing power and their voice is in their dollar. And their dollar is what's going to drive who survives, who does better. We all come from somewhere, from some small town or from whatever city that you have your favorite places. And for most people, coffee shops are one of those places. Do you want to still have that? Do you want to see the, the local roastery, the local coffee shop continue to thrive? Or do you want to put your dollar in only the big commercial drive-through cheap stuff and see your own place, your, your town become one of those corners? I think that the new generation, third wave, fourth wave, appreciate more. They're more educated about what is going on at origin. The whole movement of farm to cup, farm to table is very important. I'm excited because I, I do feel that people are getting it. People are understanding that we want to know more about where our food comes from, where our coffee comes from, and who's behind it. I see possibilities of, of going in the right direction. And the other part is I, I just feel like, hey, we have a rich industry. I hope that at some point the big companies that are kind of in this movement of acquiring more and more of the successful companies, uh, in, in for example, you you have the conglomerates of, that that have acquired Pete's and, and Green Mountain and Stumptown and in, Intelligentsia all under the umbrella of this JAB huge investor company. Mm -hmm. Those powerful people or, or Nestle and a Starbucks. Marion, and now they're like own, you know, a huge amount of the market. I really hope that those very powerful people at some point are going to actually collaborate because with the money that they have in their pockets, the problem is solvable. We have 25 million small producers in peril. About 60% of those producers are poor or living under extreme poverty. And yet we have a $200 billion industry, okay? Mm. So, I mean, 
come on, people. <laughs> we got to get our act together and stop talking and start writing all those white papers and start discussing what is the problem? What's the root of the problem? We all know what the root of the problem is. Everybody needs to, you know, the, those, those big sustainability uh, title people need to get together and collaborate in the solution. Let's stop. Let's stop studying the problem. Let's start working on the solution. I'm hopeful that there is a solution for coffee because coffee is a rich industry and we should distribute that richness a little bit better and be a little bit more conscious of who's really putting that coffee in that cup. To Marianelle's point, revenue in the coffee segment amounts to U.S. $495.5 billion in 2023, according to Statista.com which also says the market is expected to grow annually. So what do we do as coffee people, people who love to drink coffee and talk about coffee, what do we do with information, with this reality that a good deal of people who pick the coffee that we love do not have enough money for new shoes, but the industry is a $450 billion industry? It feels like a big question. It feels like a question we certainly cannot answer in uh, one episode or even two or three episodes. But part of what the podcast tries to do is not just talk about these things, but talk through these things. Let's not just be another white paper. Let's solve some problems in the industry. I want to hear what you're thinking about on your end. You can tell us what you're thinking if you listen through Spotify podcasts. Now there's a response section per episode. You could just respond right in there. What did you think about the episode? You can reach out to us at info at thecoffeepodcast.org. We are not on Instagram uh, for reasons I've mentioned before. And I just never got on TikTok and what's Twitter. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm excited for what the podcast is going to produce in the next year. But for now, uh, we'll have to wait. Uh, Might be another week or two before the next episode. But this is a good opportunity to say thank you for listening. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for starting out. If you've been around for the seven years we've been here, thanks for hanging in there. I know there's been some long pauses in between content. And speaking of, it's time for me to sign off as always. And until next time, happy brewing.